0: You're listening to episode 90 of the ESL Teaching Podcast. A couple of years ago, I had a conversation with a student who had just arrived from Turkey that inspired a monthly newsletter to our staff about celebrations around the world for that month. In November, as we were going over the days that we will be in school and why we have a break at the end of the month, we talked about the celebration of Thanksgiving and what typically happens during that time. And then she asked me, why is the bird turkey called like the country turkey? In my country, we call it Hindi. Naturally, I didn't have the answer to this question, so some research ensued and a really good discussion. It also raised more questions from her, such as where does Thanksgiving celebration come from in America? Many of our ELs, unless they are in elementary schools, don't have a clear concept of the origins of certain purely American holidays. And the topic of Thanksgiving lends itself wonderfully to teaching history and language at the same time. So, in this episode, I will share with you the answer to my students' question and the lesson on Thanksgiving, the background, the aspects I chose to cover, and the very sequence. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the ESL teaching podcast. I'm your host, Yeva Grossless, otherwise known as simply Yeva. And I am so thankful that you tuned in. I'm looking forward to sharing both my knowledge and experience on this podcast, as well as that of my fellow teachers. Hello, hello, everyone. I'll be honest with you in middle and high school the story of Thanksgiving is not specifically taught and quite frequently the students and I just talk about what it is and why we celebrate. But for the for the past couple of years my new students have been particularly curious about this holiday. As I mentioned in the introduction they ask really good questions. And in case you were wondering what the answer is to the question why the bird turkey is the same as the country turkey, I looked online and I found a couple of articles and uh, I wanted to share two versions of the reason why turkey is called turkey. So the first one is the bird we call turkey is native to North America. No other continent has it. Um, but the reason it got the name turkey has to do with trade. So it arrived in Great Britain uh, in the 1500s. That was the first time it arrived there. And uh, it was shipped to Britain from Constantinople. And the merchants there had brought the bird over from America. Now, because the wholesale of the bird came from Turkey, the British simply referred to it as a turkey cock or a turkey rooster. According to the NPR article, Why a Turkey is Called a Turkey, it appears that for convenience purposes, um, you know, British were not very particular about the names of products that were coming from the East. So let's uh, say this is an example. Persian rugs were called turkey rugs or Indian flower was called turkey flower. So I guess if the product came from a little bit more east, it was labeled turkey something. And that's what literally happened to the purely North American bird. It became a turkey. Um, the second version is this way before Columbus went to America, Europeans already had a favored bird. And it came from Guinea in West Africa. Have you ever heard of guinea fowl? So you might ask who brought this guinea fowl to Europe? Well, Turkish merchants out of Constantinople. And again, because of that, That guinea fowl was called turkey cock. Now, when the British arrived in what is now Massachusetts and saw the bird strutting around freely, the North American bird, even though it was bigger than the guinea fowl, they decided to give it a name they already knew, Turkey. So, judging from the names of towns, at least in New England where I am, we know that recycling a good name such as Portsmouth or Plymouth is a must. I know. I'm joking, but just to think that this unique American bird never had its own name. And these turkeys, they come visit my yard quite frequently. In the springtime, they come with little chicks. And then as uh, those chicks grow, they just roam around the neighborhood. So it's very cute to see them. Now, what do other countries call it? Arabic countries call it Indian rooster. In Russia and Poland, it is bird of India. And Turkish people, well they call it hindi now you might ask how we call it in lithuanian lithuanians are different we don't call it either turkey or uh, hindi or anything like that we have our own word and that is kalakutas i have no idea what etymology of this word is maybe i'll look it up but let's get back to our topic of thanksgiving so now that we got this trivia out of the way Let's talk about the lesson. As I mentioned earlier, my students want to learn everything. They are interested and willing to apply their knowledge. They're not beating about the bush. I know it sounds unreal, but it's true. And boy, does it keep me on my toes. I have used the general information about Thanksgiving in my classes, but I wanted to go deeper and to learn more about this holiday myself. History is a subject that is subjective, sensitive, and can be easily manipulated, and both those who are natives of a country and those who are getting to know the country deserve to know the facts. I have heard people say about the U.S. that, oh, it's such a young country with what, 200 years of history? What kind of history can there be? But after having lived here for quite a few years, I always counter this remark with a serious note. While not as long as that of a thousand-year empire, American history is no less complicated, painful, glorious, and certainly deserves to be looked at from an objective point of view. And our students who are curious about their new country deserve to learn about it in a way that is respectful and truthful. So I went back to my lessons that I had started creating over a year ago, and I never had the chance to finish. I'm sure you know how that is when you start have a good idea and you never have time to finish. So I looked at the information and I thought, uh, what would be important to share with them? So of course, since we're learning language through the topic of Thanksgiving, I also zeroed it on the language and skills we could practice from this highly engaging topic. So The result is a lesson plan called The Story of Thanksgiving, How It Began, Indigenous People and Food. Now, the topic presents many opportunities for language learning and usage. And when I was planning it out, the directions were endless literally endless. So I had some thoughts. And here's uh, what you could do if you want. So we, you could read excerpts about Native American Wampanoag tribe, which was instrumental in helping the English to literally survive. And the students can recount the information. You could also dive deeper and do research on a native tribe in your area and then utilize vocabulary and presentation skills to share the knowledge with classmates and maybe even school. Uh, You could also take an aspect of the colonist's life and record a podcast episode or a video. This would be a great uh, speaking practice. Like I mentioned, the possibilities are endless, but I wanted to keep it manageable, so I zeroed in on a few aspects that I found important. The history of how Thanksgiving actually started and who participated in it, and the thing we typically think of when we think of Thanksgiving, which is food. I ended up crafting a lesson that was engaging and, as always, very adaptable to mixed proficiency levels. So, here's how it goes. The first step is the students do a warm-up on a Jamboard. It helps me gauge what they know about the topic at hand and adjust as we keep going. We do vocabulary preview, so I have a selected vocabulary that they would encounter in further steps of the lesson, and we practice it. Then the students read short informational text and uh, we learn how to infer new words and uh, concepts from context. And then after that, they speak with a partner to summarize the text and write an explanatory paragraph. Now, It might take a couple of days to teach. So that is why I'm sharing with you right now. And if you have newcomers in the classroom, this might sound like a lot of language usage. And uh, you can adapt the lesson by finding more images that would allow students to access the text. Uh, I call that text engineering, and you can strategically utilize the translating tool. I myself am planning to use this again with a new group of students. So you can adapt the lesson to both beginners and intermediate level students, like I mentioned. And here are a few steps. So for example, you could read several times. It could be teacher read, partner read, or individual read. You And uh, I mentioned already add pictures to the text, even more pictures. And that is called text engineering. I talk about this in greater depth with my friend Susan Patterson in episode nine of this podcast. So if you are interested in learning what text engineering is, feel free to go back and re-listen. You can also combine reading and summarizing activity. You can have beginners write words or short phrases in a concept web that explain the story of Thanksgiving instead of writing a full paragraph. And uh, I already mentioned strategically utilizing a translating tool so the students are engaged in language learning and at the same time they're understanding what is being taught. So you can grab this lesson inside my Teachers Pay Teacher store Or if you are a member of the ESL Teaching Roadmap, it is available to you in Step 3 Ascend resources. I hope you and your students enjoy it. And that is all for today. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Do you teach lessons about Thanksgiving? And if so, how do you do it? What information do you include? Send me a message on Instagram and let's chat. Thank you for listening and until next time. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to do two things. First, make sure to subscribe to the ESL Teaching Podcast so you don't miss an episode. And second, leave a positive review wherever you listen, on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform positive reviews will improve the chances of this podcast to be discovered in the feed and help our fellow ESL ELL teachers. And of course, there's a third thing. If you aren't following me on social media yet, come join me on Instagram at simplyevaESL, Facebook Simply Yeva, or connect with me on my website, simplyyeva.com. Thanks again, and until next time.